morning, everybody, this morning. We are going to jump straight into the Word, and uh, we have been in a series called The Gifts of the Spirit. Uh, this is a series that I did a few years back here uh, on Wednesday nights, and the Lord's just been dealing with me about uh, the charismatic, Pentecostal church, whatever you want to call it. And, and then I, I was thinking this week, it's really not even about charismatic and Pentecostals. Um, uh, uh, if you missed Wednesday's message, let me encourage you to go back and listen to that. Um, it, is, it, it should be online. Um, but on Wednesdays, I've been talking about revival and called, it was in a series called The Breakthrough Church. Uh, but we wanted to do this because God gave gifts to men. He gave the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter what you call yourself. It, names on doors doesn't matter. You know, it, it, God could care less what names on the door of a church. He still, and he, he has the Holy Spirit living inside of you and he brought gifts with him. We're not waiting on them, they're here now. And so we've been talking about these um, just because we want to remember that we believe in the present day ministry of the Holy Spirit. We believe what he's doing. We believe that, that he's uh, manifesting himself supernatural. We believe that his gifts are active and available to every believer, regardless of what we call ourselves. This is not a, a name thing, okay? So his gifts are available to every believer. And uh, <clears throat> we don't believe that they're inactive. We don't believe they ceased. I, I, I made a statement Wednesday night, and I'm going to make it again this morning. In Mark chapter 16, and it won't be on your screen. In Mark chapter 16, uh, starting around verse 17, he said, And these signs shall follow them that believe. He said, These signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they'll cast out devils. Amen. They'll speak with new tongues. Yeah. Said they just take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it won't harm them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, we can say, well, all that stuff has passed, but if we say some of that stuff has passed, then we have to say everything in those verses have passed. So have the time of believers passed. So if you believe in tongues and the healing and all this stuff, cast out, well, we don't need that in the church anymore. That time has passed. But also said these signs will follow those that believe. We don't believe that believers have passed. So why would we pick out part of the verse to believe passed and part of it that didn't pass? And we, so we got to hold all this together. And so if you will, let's go to our, our text in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we are going to continue to jump into this. Verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. That means unlearned. Verse 4. There are various gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are various operations, but it is the same God who operates in all, or uh, operates all of them in, in who? All people. Just sometimes you got to shake the snow globe and let it all fall. He said, he operates, Holy Spirit operates these in all people. Now we know he's talking about his people. Um, verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone. Why? So they can say, hey, look at me. I've got a big giant spiritual uh, uh, S on my chest and I can super Christian here and look at me and fly away. And No. He did, and, and he gives the gifts of the Spirit not so we can draw attention to ourselves, and not so we can draw attention even to our churches. See, a lot of people bounce around from churches to churches because, oh, God's moving over here. Oh, God's moving over there. God's moving in every church. <laughs> He's not picky. He doesn't have favorites. But it says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone. Why? To profit with all. So if we're operating in the gifts of the Spirit, it's not to bring attention to ourselves. It's to profit someone else. God wants you to move in His gifts so that you can be a minister to everyone around you. He wants you. He wants you to be able to do the work of the ministry. Verse 8. 
Oh, well, let's, let's finish that one. Uh, but the manifestation is given in the spirit. Uh, let, me, let me rephrase that. Get my reading eyes on here. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to everyone. Now the modern English says, for the common good. King James says, to profit all. So it's given to everyone to profit everyone. So to, verse 8. To one is given a word of wisdom, to another word of knowledge by the same spirit. To another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings, multiple gifts, different kinds of healings. Just don't miss that. I don't know how many people say, I want the gift of healing. There is no gift of healing. There are multiple gifts of healings. See, God's not going to do the same thing to everyone the same way every time. When we get into that one, I'll share some funny stories with you that I've seen over the years. Um, to another faith, verse 9, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, verse 10, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. But that one and very same Spirit works all these. It's the Spirit that works these things. It's not the person that works these things. It's the Spirit who works these things. But that one and very same Spirit works all these things, dividing to each one individually as He wills. Now, we're going to get into this more later, but... That doesn't mean that one person gets one gift and one person gets another. No, Holy Spirit lives in you. He brought all the gifts with him. So when he moved into you, you at any time can operate in any one of these gifts. Remember, Alice, what's the best gift? The one needed at the time. If somebody's in need of healing, they don't need me <laughs> praying in tongues over them. Although my prayer language may come out. But what they need is healing, and I need to be open to operating gifts of healing. Well, if, if a miracle's needed, we don't need a word of knowledge. We need to work that miracle. And so the thing is, is we have to be open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us and in the lives of those around us because he set you on this earth to be kings and priests for him. You are the body of Christ. You are doing the work. He is the head. It is our hands that does the laying on. It is our mouths that does the prophesying. It is us who has to work these things because you are the body. So let's break them down. We do this, we'll do this every week. You'll know it before we're done. Welcome to summer. The first you have, and this is the series, the part we're on right now, are the revelation gifts. These are gifts that reveal something. In the, in the gifts that reveal something is the word of wisdom, not the gift of wisdom. Any good, long, old person can be wise, whether they believe in Christ or not. It's the word of wisdom. It is a word, a glimpse into the wisdom that God has at that moment concerning a situation that someone's getting to, and word of wisdom will always declare the future. Then we have word of knowledge. Word of knowledge is uh, the gift that, that, that comes in where you're given a glimpse. It's not just normal knowledge. It's not natural knowledge. If it was natural knowledge, he wouldn't call it a gift of the Spirit. Because I have people say, well, now we can go to school and we can learn more about the Bible and we can do all this stuff. That, anybody can do that. Whether you're a believer or whether you're not. Okay? The, the word of knowledge is a glimpse into the knowledge that God has concerning a situation that someone is dealing in. It will deal with their present. It will deal with their past. If you've been around Pentecostal churches long enough, you always, you've heard people talk about the phrase, call somebody read their mail. They told them everything. They, they just, just spoke things in. And how do you know this? How do you know this? Because they were operating the word of knowledge. Well, what if they don't even believe like this? doesn't matter. It, do, it doesn't matter. Again, well, they're Baptists. They don't believe this. Or they're this. Or they don't believe that. Or that. It doesn't matter. God doesn't care. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. You're a believer. You have Holy Spirit. You can operate in this at any time. I know a lot of people who would say that they don't believe in these things and operate 
in, in the prophetic gift stronger than anybody I've ever seen. And, and, I, and the whole time I'm sitting there just smiling going, you don't even know what you're doing. Because the Holy Spirit is just there. And he wants to use you. Oh, come on. Then we have power gifts. These are gifts that actually do something. We have the gift of faith. We have working of miracles, gifts of healings. These actually get something done. And then finally, you have the vocal gifts. Prophecy, various kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Just quick reference. Those are not talking about your prayer language. They're talking about something that's operating in a group, in a setting, or dealing with someone. So we covered word of knowledge. We covered word of wisdom. Today is one that I really like to cover. I enjoy covering it because I usually make two or three mad before it's over. Um, today we're going to talk about discerning of spirits. Um, I want to say this first. Discerning of spirits is not the gift of discernment. You'll hear people say, oh, they got the gift of discernment. There is no gift of discernment listed in the Bible. That's usually what gets them right there. It's not, there's not, you can't find a gift of discernment. Anybody can develop discernment. It's not, that's a natural thing that anybody, you, you observe people long enough, you can, you can learn to discern some things. This is the discerning of spirits. Come on with me. And so it's not just natural discernment because natural, let's look at natural discernment. Look at the definition. Natural discernment is to distinguish the difference between two or more things. There's nothing spiritual about that. Discernment is to discern the difference, distinguish the difference between two or more things. It means to discover by the intellect. So if it was just the gift of discernment, then it means it doesn't really depend, uh, uh, Ruth, on your spirit. It depends on your intellect. But we're talking about gifts of the spirit here. It, it means to discover by intellect, hence to have knowledge and to judge. So before we can look at what it is, I want to take you just a few minutes and look at what it is not. Again, it's not the gift of discernment. Usually when people talk about the gift of discernment, it's usually in association with a word of knowledge that somebody's dealt with. Now, everybody look straight forward. Nobody knows I'm talking about you. Discerning of spirits is not the ability to discern the faults of another person. Because that's generally what people want to use this for. Oh, I discern that Brandon's got something going on and, and, and I'll tell you what, and because I, I don't... I don't know Brandon that well, and I'm, I'm kind of iffy about Brandon, so I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to tell Carol, listen, something's going on with Brandon. I just have this sense of discernment. You know what that is? That's called gossip. Yeah. And that's not what the gift of discerning of spirits is. It's not the discernment of people. It's not the discernment of others. It's not the discernment of their faults. It is the discerning of spirits. And this is what most people want to use discernment for, is how we can judge other people. I'm glad you asked. Matthew chapter 7. <laughs> Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Judge not that you not be judged. So I guess if I do judge Perry, guess what that sets me up for? Come with me. Y'all thought we was going to get all deep and woo. Everybody thinks a spirit, when we talk about spiritual gifts, it gets all spooky and scary, and it's not. It's, it's really not. You're, an, you're, a, you're a supernatural being. You're a believer. Judge not that you be not judged. At verse 2. For with what judgment that you judge, you will be judged. As harsh as you are on someone else, you set yourself up to, do, to be judged just as harshly. We blow over that sometimes. We, we know that first verse real well. Judge not lest you be judged, but you got to finish the rest of it. He says, for with the same way that you judge somebody, you'll be judged. Okay. And, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Mm -mm -mm. 
Aren't you glad this is discerning of spirits and not discerning of people? Because, you know, that puts... <laughs> now, I have to cover those first. Because most of the time, Lana, when we hear people that talk about discerning of spirits, this is what we find them doing. Trying to discern whether Brent's right or wrong or whether he's got something going on in his life. And, and you know, that's not what it is. It's about discerning of spirits. Well, I discern that Brent's got this spirit on him. <laughs> it's not about discerning people. So get out of the idea of looking at a person and trying to figure out whether they're of God or not. Let me tell you what one scripture says. says, you are of God, little children. Okay, moving on. Listen, I got, I got connected with a guy years and years ago. And uh, we, we've, we're, our ministries were starting to gel and starting to, to mesh, interact with each other. And uh, we flew out to Arizona uh, to, to be in their uh, meetings and to go through some stuff. Flew him back here. We went through a, a time together. Well, it came down, we were going to kind of combine ministries and actually run churches in two states. Uh, it, it wasn't here, so this was years ago. <laughs> um, and so one night I, I sat and prayed because we, we had time to make some heavy decisions. And I, I went to one of our board members' house and I just sat down and prayed. And finally I looked at him about... Uh, 8 30 9 o'clock at night and I said I need to go into another room and so they thought I went to sleep poor D I left her there all night long <laughs> six o'clock in the morning I come out and I said all right I know what God's saying and they said what I said we're not getting tied up with this I said what because it on um, everything looked good I said there's a spirit behind this thing and if we get caught up in this we're going to lose everything I'm talking church and all. So I call him up. He was actually doing some work in New York. And I said, listen, we are not going to do this. We're not going to come under this. We're not going to come beside this. We're, we're, we're moving around. See, this is discerning of spirits. He showed me the spirit that was behind the situation. He said, fine. What happened? He set up a church in the same city we were in. Took half of our church, built up a nice big building, big building. I had a millionaire come to me and said, if you don't do this, I'm leaving. I said, well, then you might as well hightail it because I'm going to do what God says. Amen. Within six months, he stole everything from every one of those people, took every bit of it, walked in, took the stuff out of their church, lost all their computers, took all the millionaire's money, did all this stuff. This is for the discerning of spirits. And it wasn't even for me. It was for the church I pastored. Yes. And I watched this church go from 150 to 175 down to about 60. But you know what? They had a church and it was still paid off and they, nobody stole from them. Nobody took nothing from them. This is what discerning a spirit's for, is to show you a spirit or the spirit that is behind a situation. Um, it, 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 it's not just, now, please hear me here. It's not just to discern devils. The church has become so devil conscious that we've forgotten the Holy Spirit lives in us. They look for a devil behind everything. This same guy I'm talking to you about, he would tell you right now, how many of you remember, let's go old school, uh, some of you won't remember this. How many of you remember Carmen? This guy was convinced Carmen was demon-possessed. I, I saw the devil in him. I saw the devil in him. I'm telling you, folks, it's not to discern people. It's to discern spirits, and it's a spirit that is around and involved in a situation. I was, I was pastor of, of another church, and this, this guy came to me and he sat down with me and he said, I need to talk to you about, and he mentioned a minister's name. I said, why? He said, well, 
our company paid him to come from another country into our business so he could walk through and cleanse our building. And what he did, he'd walk through and say, whoever sits at this desk doesn't have your best interest in hearts. Sue them, I mean, fire them. You don't know how many people lost jobs over this because he was discerning his spirits. No, what he was doing was walking in and letting these people, these business owners pay him thousands and thousands of dollars while he tried to act like a medium. That's not what discerning of spirits is either. See, I want you to be, not be ignorant, unlearned. You need to understand what to watch out for. Pastor in another church one time, they, they, they hired a guy to come in and cleanse their homes and walk through and said, that's, that's got a devil in it, take it down. That's got a devil in it, take it down. That's got inanimate object, a painting. <laughs> One of my board members told the people, he was walking behind them going, oh, dear nights. He said, just put that in the back of my car. I'll take it. <laughs> Folks, it's not about trying to find the devil. We got to get past the point where we're looking for the devil. That's where the church is now. We want to see the devil in everything. So we look. To Washington, there's a devil, and we look to over here, there's a devil, and we look over here, there's a devil. When are we going to realize we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, and there's not, quit looking for a devil under every rock. He doesn't want you to discern, you will drive yourself crazy. There's got to be a balance, because most of what we have labeled as demon or devil. Are y'all with me today? I'm telling you, this is basic one-on-one here. I want, uh, most of what we claim as de demon is simply works of the flesh. Let me show you something. Go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Are you saying there's not devils? Absolutely there's devils. I'm, what am I telling you? It, this discerning of spirits is not about just finding devils. There's more spirits than just devils, right, Deb? For sure. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh. Everybody say works of the flesh. That means they're not possessed. They're not being driven by some unclean force. Now, we know that all sin is demonically influenced. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that this, the Word, says that this, these things are works of the flesh. Adultery. Fornication. Uncleanliness. That means impurity or impure living. Physical or, or moral. Well, they got a devil. No, they just get not controlled their flesh. They're not submitted to their flesh. It's not a devil. We've tried to cast the devil out of everybody when we should just be saying, hey, straighten up and act right. You don't have to act like this. You don't have to do this. You don't have to go out here and sin like that. All you have to do is say, you know what? This is not right. And I just don't need, we've tried to pray the devil out of everybody because we're trying to change their behavior and we're not trying to change their spirit. God wants them to change their spirit, not their behaviors. Anybody can change behavior. But if you don't change your spirit, you've done nothing. The works of the flesh. Lewdness. That means unbridled lust. Excess, lasciviousness, unwantedness. Outrageous, shameless, insolent. That's what lewdness means. That's a work of the flesh. There ain't no devil. Idolatry. Sorcery. What? Sorcery is a work of the flesh. Y'all do realize the Bible said that, right? I didn't, so don't get mad at me. Sorcery is a work of the flesh. You do, also, that word sorcery also means pharmacia. You know what that means? Addiction. Drugs. <laughs> Drug addiction. 
It's a work of the flesh. All right? Oh. See, this doesn't get real popular at all. Because it's easier to blame the devil. <laughs> it's easier to blame the devil and try to cast him out and then walk away thinking, I'm just weak enough. I couldn't do it. I'm just too weak. I couldn't cast him out. No, it's work of the flesh, according to the word. Uh, he says, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentious. That means quarrelsome, argumentative, angry, strife, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissension. That means causing trouble and division. Heresies. Let's get more. There's more. These are works of the flesh. Envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. These are works of the flesh. We've treated them like a devil because we didn't know how, what else to do with them. Sometimes they just need good treatment. Come on. Sometimes they need good treatment. Uh, see how quiet it gets? Works of the flesh. But we have become so devil conscious. So what is the purpose of discerning a spirit? Before you think, okay, then this is not really a spiritual thing. What is a spirit? Look at the definition. It's used of demons and evil spirits. It's also of a knowledge whether a thing be of the Holy Spirit or even angelic as sent by God. So discerning of spirits is being able to walk. When you're operating in, the, in discerning of spirits, you can walk into a situation and you can determine what is actually going on in the atmosphere behind a situation. Not, you've got to leave the people out of it. Again, we're not judging Brent. We're looking at the situation and say, okay, what is operating behind the scenes spiritually in this situation? Leave Brent out of it. You should have never looked at me today. You got picked on all day. <laughs> so discerning of spirits is being able to, and I think this is on your screen. Maybe not, I don't know. Discerning of spirits is to supernaturally be shown into the spiritual realm. It is a glimpse into the spiritual realm. You all know, know that there's a spiritual realm, right? And so it is to be given a glimpse into the spiritual realm to be shown what spiritual forces are at work. And it's a very limited gift because it's only limited to the spiritual realm that you can actually see during the time of re Revelation. Discerning of spirits is for the receiver to have a glimpse into the spiritual realm that they may either be revealed by revelation of either good or evil. It's okay to walk into a situation and say, oh, God's at work here. But why is my life being turned upside down? Because God will do that to you sometimes. I've had him turn me upside down. I've had him me go through a time only to realize it was him bringing me through it all the way. Only to realize I didn't understand the difficulty. I didn't understand the hardness. I didn't understand what was happening. But then I had to remember that I was just that clay put on the potter's wheel. And when that clay gets squeezed, it gets pushed, there's some, there's some changing that happens. So every situation, even though it may be turning somebody's world upside down, doesn't necessarily mean there's a devil in their house. It may be say, hey, God's taking you through something. Hang on. It's going to get tight. Why? Because he's molding you and he's pressuring you and he's pushing you. Oh, glory to God. Let's look at some examples. So everybody understand because I want to show you some biblical examples, but I want us to understand right now what discerning of spirits is. It's not that hard. People say, oh, this stuff is all spooky. It's not. It's being able, being revealed by the Holy Spirit to you of the spirit that is actively at work in a situation. Well, that's, that's scary. No, it's not. What if he shows me a big devil? 
Last I remember, he said, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So he could show me a big devil. I don't care. I'm not afraid of a big devil. I got a big God. But he may show me that what's going on in somebody's life is him taking them through a process and they need to learn to trust the process. And sometimes, Amy, that's not hard. That's not easy. Trust him in the process. So that's what discerning of spirits is. It's really that simple, folks. It's not discerning of people. It's not discerning of other people's spirits. It's discerning of a spirit that is around a situation. It is a glimpse into the spirit realm. Whether that be just in your spirit, you just see it. You know know what I'm saying? You just kind of know something. Or whether he actually physically shows you. I was telling uh, Sidney and Tyler, I was taking them to the airport yesterday. I was telling them, I, we were on a trip one time with some friends, and uh, they were struggling with an addiction to something, not drugs or anything like that, just something you would think, well, yeah. well I'll, I'll be honest with you, it was video games. But it would take over every part of their life. Even so much, the fact, they would leave church early because they had to get home to run a, a, I don't know, a, a raid or something. So we're, we're on a trip one time and we happened to be sharing a room and I looked over in the middle of the night and there was a demon laying on top of this guy. Well, not laying. He was about the size of a monkey and he was doing backflips. And I'm like, what in the world? See, God was beginning to show me what was behind the situation. And I said, God, what is this? He said, it's entertainment. He said, and that's what it's doing. It's entertaining them. And because they were so addicted to it that they couldn't get away from it, it kept them out of doing the work that God called them to do. And because they were, it it took over their life. They would skip work. They would do everything to play a video game. So I told them the next morning, I said, listen, I'm just going to tell you what God said, what God showed me. You can do with it what you want. Now you can sit there and say, oh, you're crazy. That's fine. That's fine. I don't care. Uh, You know what their response to me, Sheila? I think that's one I'll keep. Straight up. Didn't matter if it interfered with their work. Didn't matter if it interfered with their ministry. It didn't matter if it interfered with anything. They were willing to hang on to this thing that was just keeping them entertained. Discerning the spirits. That's all it was. I gave them what the Lord said. They can do with it what they want. Go to Moses. Go to Moses. You can't. There's no book of Moses. Go to Exodus. Let's talk about Moses. He's starting new Bibles. Him and his paper. Exodus chapter 33. Let's look at a glimpse into the spirit realm. In verse 20, Moses is getting ready and he's reached the end of his life and he says and to the Lord that he wanted to see, he wanted to see God. And he said, you cannot see my face for no man can see me and live. Then the Lord said, indeed, there is a place by me. You must stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in the cliff of the rock. Now see, we think that he ran up to some big mountain. But what did he say here? There's a place by me. This rock was being, he was being hidden in the rock of God. Oh, he said, it's a place by me. And when you go to the rock, he said, when my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take my hand away and you will see my back, but my face you may not see. So what did Moses experience here? A glimpse into the realm of the Spirit. A glimpse into where God was. And that's what the discerning of spirits is. It's a glimpse into the spiritual realm. It it reveals all kinds of spirits. Here, it was God in control of a situation. So he actually showed him God. He showed him his back parts. It kind of sounds like you, doesn't it? Everybody in here got a hand? How many of you here have back parts? God looks just like you. 
we'll skip that for another day. I can show you in the scripture, he's got eyes, ears, nose, nostrils, mouth, breath. You were designed to look just like him. We won't go into that today, though. <laughs> um, go to Acts chapter 16. We're, again, we're just, now we're just looking. We saw what discerning his spirits was. I just want to show you some biblical examples. In, in Acts chapter 16, uh, verse 16, we're talking about Paul now. He said, on one occasion, as I went to, to the place of prayer, a servant girl possessed with a spirit of divination, met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and us shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Now that don't sound bad. That sounds all right. But what it was doing, it was interrupting their ministry. And, 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 and we know that the writer of, of Acts, which they attribute to Luke, is, is recalling this. Okay, so he knew already, by when he started writing, Ted, he knew that this woman was, had a devil odor. But when they were in the situation, I firmly believe they didn't know. Or else why would he allow this to go on for days? Because what she was saying was good. These men are the servants of God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Uh, verse 18. This she did for many days. But becoming greatly troubled, Paul turned to the Spirit. Look, he turned to the what? Not the girl. Again, how most people want to operate in discerning of spirits, they turn on the person. They turn on Renee. Oh, he turned to the spirit and said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out at that moment. She was driven by spirit. Finally, Paul speaks to the spirit. He doesn't address the girl. It, what was he given? A glimpse into the realm of the spirit to see what spirit was controlling the situation because her words were good words. These are, men, these are servants of the most high God. They come to show us the way of salvation. Good words. You would never think that there would be a, a, a spirit behind that. But there was a spirit behind it because she was disrupting the ministry that they had going on. And so he turned and he spoke to the Spirit. Now, there was another guy in the Old Testament. He was not a prophet of God. And a king named Balak called for him to come and prophesy against Israel. So he gets on his donkey and he starts down the road. And all of a sudden, his donkey sees an angel with its sword drawn ready to take Balaam out. And, and so... What, what he does is, is, is the donkey sees it and, 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 and takes off and runs out into a field. Balaam gets mad, he gets out, he whips the donkey, turns it around, gets it back on the road. So the angel moved on down the road, and again, the, the donkey sees it. He was getting a glimpse into the realm of the Spirit. But Balaam wasn't getting. So this time... Uh, it, it, after he gets it down the road, she falls on him. So he starts beating her and gets her going again. On down the road, there's the angel again, sword drawn, ready to take him out. Runs his foot over into the wall and crushes his foot. He gets out with a staff and begins to whip her. And finally the donkey turns around. The Lord says that he opened her mouth and she says, why are you doing me this way? Now, you and I would have went, whoa, a talking donkey. He said, because you've embarrassed me. He just starts talking back. He said, why are you doing me this way? Have I ever acted like this before? And he said, no. And all of a sudden, the word says that his eyes were opened. Go to Numbers chapter 22. We're talking about just glimpses into the realm of the Spirit to see what Spirit is in control of a situation. Folks, you've done this. Every one of you. 
You've walked into a situation, you thought, ooh, something ain't right in here. Dee and I went to a movie one time. And uh, we, we, we walked into this movie, uh, uh, Deb, and when we got in there, Dee said, I'm going to run to the restroom. So she ran to the restroom, and I'm sitting here with my back turned, and all of a sudden, inside of me, I got nauseous. I go, ooh, something ain't right. Something's not right. And I turned around, and me and this person dressed in all black. Now, what does that mean? They're dressed in black. They're the devil. No, they're not. They like the color black. Get over it. Well, they had earrings and piercings, okay? They had earrings and piercings. Get over it. You do too. Come on. <laughs> well, they had black eye makeup on. So what? But what was in them, when our eyes met, Greg, they went and turned and ran from me. And I told Dee, I said, hey, you want to see somebody demon-possessed? <laughs> she said, yeah, where? I said, come on. We're going demon hunting. We're not afraid. <laughs> could never could find them. Went into the movie and sat down, and all of a sudden, me and her both went, looked at each other like, ooh, something's bad. Turn around, and here they come, walking in the same movie, and we're within about 10 feet of us. Saw us and gone. What was that? That was God just showing us what was in control of a situation. Had nothing to do with the person. It was what was in their situation. And if they would have let me love on them long enough, we'd have got them free. If they'd have just quit running from me and let me love on them, we'd have got them free. But anyhow, back to Balaam. In, in Numbers chapter 22, verse 31, we're talking about seeing glimpses into the spirit realm. He says, and the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam. And he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword was drawn in his hand, and he bowed his head and fell on, flat on his face. Discerning of spirits can cause repentance and for people to turn their face toward God. But if we're always treating them like they're the demon, they'll never turn to God. Look at the situation. Pray. One of my favorites, you ready? We're almost done. Isaiah chapter 6. We sang Isaiah 6 today. You do realize that, right? The last song that Perry sang was straight out of this chapter. Straight out of this chapter, Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on his throne high and lifted up. Ah, glory. Woo! And his train filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Now what was happening here? He was getting a glimpse into the realm of the Spirit. Discerning of spirits. Man, if we would start telling people they can see this more than they can see the devil... People wouldn't be so afraid of stuff. He said, and, and, above, and above it stood seraphim. Each had six wings. And with two it covered its face, and with two it covered its feet, and with two it flew. Let me tell you something. Before you would actually get a glimpse of the angelic beings that actually exist in heaven, we would run screaming and swear it was a devil. This thing had six wings. And two, it covered its eyes. Two, it covered its feet. Two, it flew around with. I just want to know how it knew where it was going. But see, this, we would say, oh, then there's, they're talking about other ones that their wings are full of eyeballs. We'd, ah! You know? Folks, don't be, let God show you the amazing things that he holds in store. And one cried to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him who cried. And the house was filled with smoke. And he said, woe is me. See, what the discerning of spirits do? It turned his heart toward God. He said, woe is me, for I'm an unclean man. I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell among unclean people. Mm. He said, my eyes have seen the king, 
the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal and had taken the tongue, which it had taken to the tongs off the altar in his hand, and he laid it on my mouth, and he, and he said, this has touched your lips, and now your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged. That's exactly word for word what we sang today. But see, discerning of spirits turned his heart back to God. Discerning of spirits is not to just expose people so we can walk away going, ha, 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 showed them, didn't expose them. All their secrets are out now. Because that's what we all feel justified in. Beating our chest. I'm not as bad as this one over here. Discerning of spirits is designed to draw people to God, not chase people from God. And when, when, he, when Isaiah was shown this, he turned toward God. When Balaam was shown it, he turned toward God. When Moses saw it, he just died. God just covered him up and left him there. He went on into heaven. Oh, my goodness. Revelation chapter 4. I'm, I'm going to finish with this one. What are you smiling about? Evidently, Ted's going to preach on this Wednesday. <laughs> I hear him up here snickering. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. And after this, I looked and there was an open door in heaven. Folks, there's still an open door in heaven. And the first voice I heard was like that of a trumpet speaking to, with me, saying, come up here. And I will show you things which must take place after this. An invitation to an open heaven. And that invitation still stands for the believers today. He has never closed that door, Ruth. He still waits for his believers and still says, come up here. I have a thing to show you. Come up here and I'll reveal you. Come up here and I will show you things. Come up here and we will talk about the things that might come forward, that might come now, but come up here. Let me show you heaven. In verse 2 he says, immediately I was in the spirit and there was on the throne of heaven one sitting on the, with one sitting on the throne. And he who sat there appeared like Jasper. A sort A sort of stone and there was a rainbow around the throne appearing like an emerald, a green rainbow. We were in service one time, and I'll leave you with a story. We were in service one time, and now let's go back. Our trance is biblical. We covered this a couple weeks ago. Peter said he fell into a Trance, and that's not the only time trance is mentioned in the Bible. We were in service one time during praise and worship, and I fell into a trance. I actually didn't realize this, but stood perfectly still for an hour and a half and didn't move. Some of you remember several years ago, I laid right here for about two hours, two and a half hours before I could move. So as I stood there, and, and I don't know if I'd never paid attention to these verses. I don't know anything, but I know when I came back out, actually, they didn't, have, they didn't have a preacher that night. I was supposed to preach. When I'm done, man, I'm just like, froze. And, and I sat down, I said, hey, have y'all ever seen a green rainbow? And they said, what? I said, I'm telling you, I sat at the th throne of God and I saw a green rainbow that surrounded him. And one of the ladies in the church, she opened up to this scripture and she read it. I'm like, never seen that before. I've seen it now. I mean, I've seen it now. <laughs> Folks, I'm nobody special. I'm just like you, a follower after God's heart. And God wants to show you glimpses into his reality. But we are so focused on this reality that sometimes we miss the spirit that is right in front of us. And so with discerning of spirits, it is finding and being revealed to you 
at time. Now, will it happen every day in every situation? No, it won't happen every day. It's as the Spirit wills. Remember, I don't control these gifts. They're His gifts. He gives them to me as He wills. So be open. Be ready. I look around the room. I know just about everybody in the room. I know everybody in the room. You're believers. All right? He's ready to use you in a supernatural way. Just don't be afraid to open up and let him take you where he needs to take you. Paul said in Corinthians, he said, hey, I know a man in the spirit or out of the spirit. I don't know. He said, but he was caught up into the third heaven. That's scriptural. We already saw John's experience of saying, hey, come up here. Paul says, and, and most theologians will tell you Paul's writing of himself. He said, I don't, in the spirit, out of the spirit, I don't know, but I went to the third heaven. Not the sky, not space, I went into heaven. And I saw things that man shouldn't even be able to utter out of his mouth. And God wants to show you the, how do you know God wants to show me the same thing? Because he is not a respecter of persons. He doesn't love one child more than he does another. He loves us all the same and is willing to give his gifts to all of us who are just willing to sit down and say, use me however you want to use me. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. Oh, you are so glorious and grand and holy and righteous and just and magnificent. You are beautiful and glorious. Oh, to know you is an honor. To be called your child is a privilege. We count it such joy to be wrapped up in you and enfolded into you. And Father, today I pray for these folks, these spirit-filled folks. Hey, man, these spirit-filled folks to open up their spirits as you walk them through. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.